Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! Welcome into another edition of Believe in South Carolina. Nick Lawson joins us and Marcus Lattimore as well, former Gamecock running back. And it was a big weekend for not just Nick, but plenty, plenty of University of South Carolina students as they graduated this weekend. So let's give it up for Nick. Nick, hey. welcome into the real world. So we will uh, we'll talk to Nick about that towards the end of the show because there's a lot of cool traditions that take place during graduation that I wanted to point out uh, at uh, especially as someone that's not from here, an outsider, if you will. And I think there's some cool traditions that USC does. But, guys, let's hop right into it. Right now, in the month of May, when you talk about college football, this is a slow time of the year, right? I mean, we're – oh, boy, I think I just posted it yesterday on Twitter. 17 weeks away, 17 Saturdays away until we get to the first week of the season for South mm. Carolina. So, mm-hmm. if you look at it in this regard, right? Fans on the outside looking in, they think May, okay, not much is going on. They're not stupid. They know people are lifting and whatnot. But, Marcus, what is taking place right now if you're a student athlete? Because for some of these student athletes, you are going home. For some of these student athletes, you are staying on campus. So I think let's start with the student athletes that are on campus. What's that routine like? Well, you're 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 encouraged it's 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 voluntary involuntary involuntary voluntary if you know what i mean you're encouraged to stay there everybody is encouraged to stay there i mean you want to lift as a team because i i know one one thing for sure a lot of alabama guys ain't leaving georgia guys ain't leaving that this is a full-time job just like it is the nfl and some guys are, yeah, you have that. I'm pretty sure Coach Beamer allows them the, the flexibility to go home and see their families. And I mean, it's been a long semester, but at the end of the day, you if you're not lifting as a team, you're playing catch up. It's just simple as that. And Monday through, I mean, probably throughout the spring, they were lifting four times a week. They probably up at the five times a week in May. Um, and then, you know, you add the conditioning on top of that as well. You want to be ready for that first workout when everybody, when the whole team gets back anyway, because when June 1st or what is it? June 6th, that's the first Monday, uh, this summer when June 6th hit and that conditioning test come and you're not ready. Not only are you going to be lightheaded and puking and, but your teammates are going to be looking to the left and to the right, like. Well, what the hell you been doing all? What 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 did you do in May? You know, you just been hanging out, having a good time. So um, <laughs> it's business as usual uh, when it comes. I mean, and some guys are taking one class, you know, so try to catch up or graduate early. But I mean, it's business, Mike. It's 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 time to go. It's all it, like you said. What was seventeen Saturdays? Mm. Well, by the month when the month of May is over, with, it'll only be 14, 13. Mm-hmm. So e- either <laughs> either be there or be behind. 
Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, especially when you think about it in the sense of being 18, 19, 20, 21. I mean, you want to see your friends. You want to go home and see your family. But it is a business. And you're in the world of college sports, even though you're a young man or woman, you're expected Mm. to treat it like a business, work hard, and, you know, make those sacrifices of you're not you might not go home. And the thing is, I think a lot of these people, I mean, if he's not going home, well, you don't want to go home because you don't want to be behind him or you're competing for a spot with him. So you don't want to go home if he's not going home. So it gets him. And honestly, I mean, where what's the better place to be? Go home and work out at your local gym or be with the strength coach here at the University of South Carolina. I mean, you're going to get better at one of the places, but I think it's better to stay here. But that is a sacrifice you have to make at a young age, which is hard. And the tough thing is, Nick, and I, I'm not going to be shocked to see this, and I'm not picking on I'm using it as an, as an example because we know that uh, Spencer Rattler is in Arizona this summer. He was with his trainer before arriving at South Carolina for the start of the second semester. He, he can afford a trainer. Yeah, and he can do that. So, so, <laughs> so I, bring, I bring this up, Marcus and Nick, right? We're talking about NIL last week. We talk about just how it is getting to a point where it's crazy. But it's not even about the necessary like with the NIL. It's the stuff that comes with it. And Marcus went through it, and we kind of talked about it before with some of these guys getting ready for the NFL draft. You have an agent, and a lot of these agents, they'll either have a financial guy on the side or they build relationships up to a point where it's like, all right, these are where my guys train, whether it be somewhere in Florida or wherever it is across the country. So with some of these guys, right, and I mentioned Spencer being in Arizona. This might not specifically be the case, but this is where I'm going with all this. If you have an agent and he's telling you, hey, look, we want you to train with the rest of the guys, right? Or we recommend or not even recommend, hey, we're going to pay for this. We're going to pay for this for you. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not? So there will there be a disconnect and like I said, I want to make sure I'm prefacing this. This does not mean Spencer Rattler isn't a team player. He's doing his own thing, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. I'm just saying is this next wave that we see, and I say the next wave meaning next year, two years from now, three years from now, can you see that being the direction that we go in? And how much can that be, I don't want to say detrimental, but how much can that kind of slow down that process of that bonding that does take place during the spring market, uh, summer markets? But you see, that's the thing. Like you, you're bringing up all of these scenarios and these situations that are new. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just simple as that. Like that, when we talked about it last week, we said the NIL would change college football forever. And th- this scenario in exact, like th- th- just, oh, just the month of May. Right. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not too important. I, I don't know. I mean, that like, see, this, these are the things you have to sort out. And I mean, he's only, I mean, he's young, you know, he's mature. He's matured a lot. You know, I, he's, he's not listening to the noise, but I mean, it's, I mean, that's a lot. He, he's 3000 miles away from home. You have a lot of money. You have a lot of options, choices. You got agents in your ear. Everybody in Arizona loves you, but also you got a team back in South Carolina. That's just a lot going on in your head. Um, what does it do? I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it professionalizes college football, you know, and that is the system that you're going to have to use, you know, just just going forward. 
as a college football program. You know, if you're not looking at the examples in the NFL, I think you're of how they run their business, mm-hmm. how they run the operational side of things. I think you're going to be behind. I mean, simply because you got, I mean, we, we have the perfect example, Spencer Rattler, you know, who's, I don't know. I don't know what that number. I don't know if that number is true that I saw on Twitter, but his, how much he's worth. Yep. I um, pull, I could pull that up right now because okay. with NIL, yeah, well, with NIL, with NIL on, on three, Sorry to cut you off, Marcus. With no, NIL three, it shows you their valuation. NIL valuation is what we call it. So for Spencer Rattler right now, he's actually uh, the tenth highest in the country, according to uh, on three. Um, and what it factors in is the number of social media followers they have, and obviously their performance on the field. Uh, Spencer is worth, according to um, our, our database, one point two million dollars. One point two. So, so, so we have, so we have a millionaire, a millionaire quarterback on the roster, and he's going home for the month of May. With the, with the, with the, and here's the thing, I'm not, I'm not directing these comments at oh, Spencer yeah. Rattler. Mm-hmm. This is just more of like, look at this situation and how, how things are playing out now. Like how how things are, it, it's just so. Because it's clear it, that he went boring. back. It's clear that he went back and he was ready to go for spring ball, you know. And I just want to point that right. out there because you know, as I mentioned, as you mentioned, I'm sure Nick would say the same. This isn't a Spencer thing. I know we keep bringing Spencer's name up, but I mean, it comes with the territory, right? It comes with the territory. Yeah. You're the quarterback. No, mention numbers like that. One point two million dollars is what his NIL valuation is worth. I just, just couldn't imagine having that much. Yeah. All I'm saying is I couldn't imagine having that much money at that age but and see, having that, that. You see that, right? Yeah. You see that. Mm-hmm. And but this, this, day, well, at the end I, of the day, it's, it's like stars, right? At the end of the day, it really doesn't mean anything. Okay. It gives you mm-hmm. an idea, right? Marcus Lattimore, five-star running back. All right. Well, once he gets to South Carolina, he has to prove that he's a five-star running back each and every day. So mm-hmm. I mentioned that because to coaches, are they going to get caught up with that? No. I'm sure right now, because it's all new to us, it's like, all right, what the hell does that mean? I think more than anything you worry about, any athlete, right? I mean, we could go down the list right now and look at some of these guys, right? I mean, we, we mentioned Spencer, but to carry on Joyner, his value right now is 93000 Luke Doty, 55000 So I say all that because from a mentality standpoint, right? And I'm not saying those two guys on top of Spencer. It could be any player. They might be just doing it their own thing, or they decide to because they feel like that's what they need to do because that's what they're being told to do. The coaches recommend, like you said, Marcus, hey, you know, stay on campus. You know, you don't have to, but mm. and they want to do their own thing. And you might be worried as a coach. It's like I'm not worried about Spencer Rattler. I'm not worried about Luke Doty. I'm not worried about the carry on Joiner. I'm worried about the people that get in their ears. Mm. And I'm, I'm using those three players mm-hmm. as an example, but this could be any player for any team across the country. Yeah. And it's not, I, it's not a Spencer thing. I mean, this is everyone, but the first thing I thought about was how does that not add pressure? You're telling me his NIL evaluation or whatever, according to the database is one point something million dollars. How does that not add pressure to perform? If you're one of the top Nick, 10, it's public knowledge. It's insane. Like that, like making, if you are a kid in a college 
and making that much money. I mean, I never thought of you saying when you said, Marcus, it professionalizes it. It really has. I mean, this these kids were it was originally student athletes I mean, playing a sport um, and it wasn't perfect by any means, but it really is making it a more professional and they have to look after their business. And I can't imagine that does put pressure on a lot of players. I mean, Spencer's very mature, so he might be used to it. He's also been under the lights forever, but I just can't imagine the pressure it puts on some of these kids. And so here's the thing, like we've been and, and golly, I'm so glad you bring that up because in our in our life, like we've been taught, we you know, just by societal norms that, OK, once you get money, once you've reached a certain amount of money, you you are I guess you equate that with success, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so you have this you have this large amount of money you know in your bank account by societal standards you're successful you know so it really comes into question like it brings the question up do you is is football do you love football like this is this is where this is where that comes in like you can really understand and see the guys who love the game of football you know, when you when you already when you've already pretty much reached what you desired, you know, like, I mean, that's and I mean, a lot of people get to the NFL and they realize that, yeah, success really wasn't money. It was just, you know, the the grind and the process of getting there and you love the game, you know, and hopefully that's the case for everybody on our team. But most of the time, I mean, you, you're your your hunger, you know. I mean, at, you, you've got it. Now you can take care of your mom. You can take care of all of these things that you didn't grow up having, you know? So, so now what? Now what if you don't know what success really is? You know, and I think that's, I think we talked about it a few episodes ago, Mike, like how do you handle this situation? Well, the director player development comes in right here. Really strong. You know, with the the director of operations, the I mean, everybody on staff like has to formulate a way to okay, what is success? Mm-hmm. You know, what 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 does what does it look like now since I already have what people told me what success is? So I don't know. And Marcus, you and I we've, we've we've talked about it away from the camera, right? Just about, it's not about football. It can be about life. It can be certain things. You and I have had deep, deep talks about this very topic before. Um, Cause there's things that, you know, you think, especially when you're younger and it doesn't have to be necessarily 18, 19. I mean, it could be up until you're in your forties for crying out loud, right? You know, materialistic things or the idea of, you know, the fame, the glory, the women, the car, whatever it may be, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I, I thought you brought something up that was interesting. You mentioned the love of the game, right? Because it's one of those things that during the NFL draft, it is kind of funny to hear. Oh, does he love football? You know, oh, I think for years it was one of those things that got tossed around probably a little too much. But I think it's a real thing, especially now more than ever. And the reason I say that is because the game has changed when you talk about NIL, when you talk about what some of these student athletes are making at, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, 
during one of the draft specials on one of the other Believe podcasts that I had a chance to, to, to host, uh, co-host during the uh, NFL draft, we actually had a scout that joined us uh, from the Los Angeles Dodgers, Benny Latino. And even though it's a different sport, he mentioned that it's very similar from talking to other NFL scouts, other NFL front office um, individuals, and it's similar in Major League Baseball. And you can look at it in the NBA. The amount of time and resources that these professional teams now, and this is before NIL, but it's going to really start to pick up in football now, are spending on character. And does a player love a sport, football, basketball, baseball? They're spending more time now than ever before. So if they're saying that the last couple of years, and you mentioned NIL, you mentioned doing your own, it's, it's scary because, I mean, shoot, Marcus, <laughs> you talk about professionalizing. I don't think we're too far away from, you know, Johnny's roast beef or a car dealership or whatever, right? Mm. Shout out Johnny's roast beef. I don't know if that's a place. I'm sure it is. <laughs> but, you know, if, if, if a quarterback, if a quarterback gets, you know, he throws 30 touchdown passes or a running back gets his 20, you know, rushing touch, whatever the case may be. I mean, you talk about trying to keep a locker room together as a head coach. That's just an added hurdle that you're facing. You know, Marcus Lattimore has 19 rushing touchdowns, but you know, Steven Garcia, he needs one more touchdown pass, and he's going to get this incentive from this car dealership. Wow. I mean, yeah. And it was a run play, but he checks out of it. Yeah. And he throws it down the field to Alshon, and he gets his touchdown pass. I mean, th- these are the things that, you know, it's not to be giving people popsicle headaches, but it's just the reality of the world that we live in. And look, I'm fine with NIL. I really am. I think it's good, but I think there's a lot of gray area because of the people that get in these student athletes' ears, man, you are bring, you, you you are bringing up some things that are inevitable, in my opinion. You know, at the end of the day, this is this is the way that the game is going. What whether you whether you agree with it or not, what, whether you like it, I mean, this is this is sports now, sports, sports and money. Money and I mean it's a it's synonymous, you know. At this point, so I mean it's I'm I'm uh I'm I'm just I'm just here for the ride, you know. I want to I want to see what happens with it, you know. I know there there are a lot of positives that will come out of it, you know. A lot of like ingenuity from coaches, mm. like you because you you really have to get creative. You have to get creative in how you cast a web because you have to. Like you, you have to cast a web over your team and keep your team together. Like I mean, it's, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. NFL coaches coming down, you know. I, I mean, Should coaches who have been year. in those situations. Charlie again this year with Jody Wright coming down. And granted, it's a positional coach, but I, I say that because you're starting to see more it's changing. A lot of college coaches are coming up saying that they feel burnt out because of recruiting. But I do feel like there'll be guys that will go up to the NFL and say, you know what? NFL is not for me. The recruiting stuff can burn you out. But at the same time too, I'm having to deal with the same stuff to a, to a lesser degree in some regards, you know? 
because you're dealing with money, you're dealing with egos, you're dealing with trying to manage a lot of the things where it's more professionalized. Yeah. I mean, the similarities between the NFL and college football now dealing with, and me and Marcus talked about it, is we were saying how if NIL was a thing back when he was at South Carolina and it would be a locker room full of millionaires and it would be like an NFL locker room. Hey, got to ask Marcus, Nick, let's, we're going to pick that, but you just said, Marcus, we're, we're, be honest with us. And I know you're a humble man. Maybe I'll ask Nick this. Be, this would be a better question to ask Nick, and then Marcus will chime in. Nick, what do you think Marcus's NIL valuation would be after his freshman year, after being the, the SEC player that he was, the awards that he received, the records that he set, going into sophomore year, he's on the short list for the Heisman. What do you think? I'm that- I'm going to say this, and this is no offense to, like, I mean, no offense to Spencer Rattler when I say this, but look at Spencer Rattler making over a million dollars kind of in his college career unproven with everything that happened at Oklahoma, but we know he's an amazing talent. After Marcus's freshman year, everyone knew he was good because of how he played and what he did on the field. I mean, definitely over a million I, and probably higher than, in my opinion, higher than what Spencer's is now. And that whole locker room would have just been. And I hope this isn't creating PTSD, Marcus. That's that's the last <laughs> thing I want to do. Just like letting you sit there thinking about the, the island that you would have bought or the project. <laughs> but all right, yeah. but but you see, that's that's the thing. Like, okay, it probably yeah, it probably would have been over a million dollars. You know, like I mean, probably multi million. Yeah, but but, but, here, but here's the thing. Like, I play. Here's the thing, Mike. There are guys that I know for certain in the SEC on my team, the my peers on other teams that did not love football. They were smart. They were talented. But the really thing that was on their mind was money. I mean, that was a way out. That was, I think, if you speak something long enough and you work work at it, and you have the genetics, and you're talented enough, you can become great at anything. How you know, often I, think, I think you can learn anything. How often was it discussed? Because I remember back in 2018, this is like January 2018, I sat down in your living room when you broke the news that you were going back to USC to work in the uh, player development department. And one of the things I remember you telling me was – about 99% of the guys, the scholarship players in particular, when they arrive at South Carolina, they all believe they're going to play in the NFL one day. So I say that because you amongst mm-hmm. your friends, your roommates, and you don't have to give specific names. I mean, I think we could put two and two together with some of them. But, I mean, how much was that discussed? That, hey, I either, A, need to get to the league because that's my way out, or, B, I want to play in the league one day. Like, how much was that discussed in terms of just added motivation each day on top of which was – the goal, at least what the fans, the media, the people here believe is the ultimate goal, which I'm not saying it's not as important to win a national championship, but obviously they want to see you win here. But there's obviously bigger things on the horizon for a lot of these student athletes. At Lewis and Clark College uh, here in Portland, it's a Division three school. There are guys on, on, on the roster that think they're going to the NFL. 85% of them know they're not, you know, they're getting a quality education. They'll go change and discover or invent something in the world. 
on my roster, it was it was the only option. It was it was NFL or you bust. I mean, it, it, and that was, but that wasn't the that was a collective message from when you've been fourteen years old. Like that's all you heard if you were if you were Melvin Ingram in, you know, rural North Carolina or A. Sanders in you know the the Bay of Florida. Like I mean that when you have that type of talent, that that's all you hear from thirteen up. Like you no, know, that that that's the that's it. That there there is nothing else. We're not there. They're not there for to go to school. That that's that's the last thing on our mind. Our, the only thing on our mind is going to the NFL. And that and I didn't. That's not something I spoke. That's something I knew internally. I, like we didn't even have to speak it because everybody had that same same mission. I mean, it, it, it was that or nothing. I mean, we didn't talk. I can tell you what we weren't talking about being bankers or lawyers or, um, uh, yeah. What what medals? What medical school are you going to? That 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 was the last thing. That was the la- That wasn't even the conversation. It was. We see these guys in the NFL that we've watched our whole career mm-hmm. before us, and we're going to do that. And and it's and it's just as simple. It's just as simple as that, Mike. I mean, that that's it. So when I and it's you know most of the mo- motivation for the guys that really didn't love football, and I you know I say that I say that so lightly because. You can you can like you can do something, you can be great at something, but not love it, and like you you just know the incentive at the end. Oh, you saw it every day. I mean, shoot, I think back just to Division Two and Nick. I mean, we talk about it from a lacrosse standpoint when you were getting recruited, right? You can even go back to high school, but I think specifically college. I mean, I had teammates. I had my roommate. You know, shout out Raheem Kelly Reed. I had I had my roommate who loved playing football. But he hated watching it, right? Mm. Watch film and whatnot. But like Patriots are playing, he was a Giants fan. He didn't like watching football, you know. Like if, if it came on, it wasn't like, oh my god, I gotta watch this. You know, he liked playing NCAA. He liked getting on the sticks, getting his getting his ass cut by me. But that's not the point. Neither here nor there. Uh, but no, but like he and, and I use him for an example. But there's a lot of players like that, and I think on the outside. Can, can, can I ask what, yeah. like, what, what is what is his life like now? Like, because because I, and I ask that question because there are so many interests that got covered up because you thought that that was something you were people people corralled you to play, people coerced you into playing. Sport. Well, and that was his, and that was his thing, and you know. I'm sure he'd be fine with me sharing his story. I mean, he's like my brother. I mean, for what for whatever freaking reason, I get um, FaceTimed and he's with my grandmother and my family on Christmas. You know, um, they'll be going out to eat. And obviously my whole family is white and they're just like, wait, who who's that? Because obviously he's black. So it's a little bit different. And Raheem's just sitting out. He's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's my nan. And like the waitress would be like, wait, come again. So uh, I think his his girlfriend at first was a little kind of off, you know, caught off guard by it. It was like, wait, wait hold up. What is this? But um, but I say all that because for him, it was his way out. You know, he lived mm. in a tough area in Springfield, Massachusetts. A um, lot of crime, a lot of violence, a um, lot of deaths, you know, senseless murders. And he was able to get him, himself out 
by being able to, to get a scholarship for football. And he was the first in his family to go to school. So we see that because I think that's enough. That's a whole nother layer because there's so many, there's so many players that for them, they are the first in their generation. I mean, we, we talk about what George Rogers has been able to do for um, goodness for over 30 years with the George Rogers foundation, um, being able to help first generation college students. And we're looking forward to that event coming up soon in Georgia again this year. But I, I say all this to get back on track, which is for him, he wanted to be able to go to school and play football. And he loved football. He liked playing football. Oh, I mean, yeah. no one enjoys the the winter conditionings. No one enjoys the practices in the um, in the rain or in Massachusetts, the cold. But that was his way out. Did he know that? He, did, did he see himself as someone that was going to go play in the NFL? No. But there's guys that are like that. Deontay Harris, now known as Deontay Hardy, um, for the New Orleans Saints, coming from Assumption. There's guys like that, and you could go Division Two, Division One. It doesn't matter what this college is. So I, I say all that because with him, he developed something that I think, and I'm I, I hope, and I'm not trying to sound like the old guy get off my lawn, but I think football teaches you number one thing in life, which is just perseverance. And just the, the skills it teaches you. And you can do me more than football, basketball, cross, whatever. But he has he's crushed it in the real estate world. And, you know, Marcus, we talk about in football all the time, right? Sudden change. You're going to wake up, boom, things are going to change. You know, you might fumble the ball in the red zone. Defense has to go out there again. I mean, he's been able to use those skills. So I say all that because there are guys that, you know, that that vehicle is football. We talk about it so much, but that is what it truly looks like. Yeah. But you get in the, into the SEC, you want to go play at the next level because you want to make that money. Now you can be able to make that money. I mean, you think about Marcus Dupree. All he wanted to do is get a couple bucks so he can be able to help his mother out, right? I mean, if this was um, during that time period, right, or, or is this time period was during then, he'd be okay because he would have been able to take care of his mother. He wouldn't have had yeah. to worry about the NCAA. That's that's the thing I've been thinking about this whole entire time is our because we were talking about it was everyone's goal to get to the NFL, NFL or bust. Now, are those goals changing? Mm. Because because mm. you can get to college and make a million or make a good amount of money, get get a good start to your life. And go do something you may actually protect enjoy because not everyone yeah. loves playing. Protect football. your body, Nick. Protect your body. Yeah. Build that brand up. You could be a businessman. I mean, mm -hmm. well, or, or be, you know, the, the, the old saying, right? I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. man. You know? So, exactly. but I mean, no, Nick, I think that's a good point because we talk about just social media and the influence it has in their reach. I mean, I use this for an example Super Bowl commercials, right? Think back to. Mm -hmm. Marcus, when you and I were younger, you know, back in our day, right, um, when Super Bowl commercials used to be really good. But now there's different ways to advertise. You can go through streams like this, believe in South Carolina, if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, reach out to us. Um, but you can also go on YouTube, Twitter, whatever it may be, and you go directly at your target market. Think about LeBron James, the millions and millions of followers, still at The Rock says. You're able to go right to your target market. You don't have to go on, you know, ABC, Fox, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, whatever it may be from a television standpoint. So I say that because it is it's scary. I had this conversation with a former Gamecock the other night. He's like, 
He's like, I could have made so much money because of just the how direct everything is with social media. So we say all that, and that's awesome. Marcus, how do you manage that? How do you manage? You see one of your boys, right? Right? You see one of your boys, and you feel like he's not as committed as he should be, right? And is it your job to hold his hand? No. We'll, we'll, we'll pick on our buddy Alshon, right? Let's say Alshon, right? He can come back ready for May. Or, you know, he may kind of slouched off. You saw him maybe in June, July, whenever. He's not doing his thing. But you're not dumb. You see a social media account. Maybe he's doing a signing there. He's doing this, that. As his teammate, are you pulling him to the side? Are you going to say anything? Do you police each other? Going back to what you said, I mean, they can create whatever content they want. Oh, yeah. They you know, like if they're, if they're if they're if they're musicians, if they're artists, if they're man, that's um that's a good scenario too with Alshon. I mean, it, it so so here's the thing, like it's so hard. It, it, it's hard, but it's hard to answer that question because you know, like you mentioned with Raheem, I mean, you see where they come from, you know, like. You, you know their upbringing. You know their background. You know what money can do. Like, in some situations, money can completely alter the trajectory of a whole family lineage. Like, I mean, like, just, you know, I know people from, you know, the, like, inner, inner South Carolina, like, Latta and Bamberg and Denmark, like, all of these, like, there's nothing there. There's just abandoned buildings and, and just flatland. Like, so, I mean, and they come to play at South Carolina, play football to change the trajectory of their whole family, their whole family line. So, I mean, it's, if they can do that, and they, and, and they don't, and, you know, if they could do that and they didn't, they didn't need football. I mean, golly, I mean, what can I say? What can I say to him? You know, like I the thing about it is they have to look themselves in the mirror, you know, and and, and ask, is, is this, you know, am I upholding integrity, being even being a part of this team if I really if I got I got what I needed. Now I can go do what I want to do. You know, I mean, there was a player a couple years ago, Josh Belk, a five-star D-tackle. He didn't love football. Five-star D-tackle from right outside of Rock Hill. Went to Clemson, didn't work out, transferred to South Carolina. We were glad to have him. He's 6'2", 340 pounds and can run through anybody. He didn't love football. He didn't start playing until he was a sophomore in high school. Became a five-star. Every school in the country wanted him, but they didn't know deep down inside. He just wanted a, a piece of land and a farm. I mean, we had these conversations. Like, I mean, yeah. For, so, I mean, it's just like, golly. Is, is, is this a – I don't know, Mike. I, 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 don't even, another, I don't even know how to answer that question. Give me another scenario. I mean, this is this is the world that we live in now, right? Because this is so new, and these are things that we're going to be asking ourselves. I'm going to throw a name out at you. You didn't think I knew this guy's name. I do my homework. 
See, I wasn't here. I was still in college because Marcus and I are the same age. We were both playing college ball at the same time. Marcus, you just had the season that you had, right, 2010. You come back 2011, all this hype. For whatever reason, you're working your tail off all offseason. And I'm not saying this guy isn't. Let's say a guy like Matt Coffey, right? <laughs> Matty Coffey. And, you know, he's doing book signings. He's doing this, that, oh, Django, apparent, whatever the case may be. And 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 he and he's getting and he's getting more uh he's getting all this publicity though. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm the one that you know had the big season, you know. So these are the scenarios that I bring up not to create popsicle headaches. And a lot of this stuff, it's going to be new. But when you talk about some of this money, because here's the reality, right? You look back to during that time period. When, when your team was really good, not just team, teams, that era, that early 2010 period. There's a lot of money there. There's a lot of money that's on the table. And is everyone going to get a fair piece of the pie? Certainly not. I mean, that's just life, right? That's, 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 that's a free market. That's life. The, the question is, how do you manage that? How do you manage that? Is that something that, like I said, needs to even be said. And if it is said, is that something that Shane Beamer needs to address? You know, is that something that players shouldn't worry about? Um, should they worry about it? Probably not. But at the same time, too, it will come up. Is that something that one of the captains need to say? Because we get into a point right now, right? If South Carolina is able to make this season better than last year, we're going to be sitting here next year, right? Spring of 2023, talking about the expectations even being higher than they were this offseason. And that's a good thing. And if that's the case, it's probably going to be some more money on the table for some of these players. <laughs> so we talk about <laughs> managing expectations, managing the external noise. Well, that external noise is going to be a little bit louder mm. because that money is going to be even bigger than it was before. And there's going to be more guys that are going to be making money. We're going to see guys driving around cars that might fly in a couple of years. I don't freaking know. <laughs> I mean, that that's but that's the point that we're getting to. So you talk about just all this external distractions that you have to manage. I mean, we thought social media alone was a beast. Now it's everything else. Never mind the women that come women, with sleazy agents. Hanger-ons, leeches. Cleat chasers. Cleat chasers. That, those are different from women. Cleat chasers. <laughs> Golly. I don't know. I, I, it's uh, it's going to be a also, lot of documentaries coming out of this. It's all so new. I mean, every yeah. time we talk about this subject, I'm like, we try to talk about it in the most educated way we can, and none of us know anything. I mean, it's just, it's, it changed college football forever. And the only way we're going to figure it out is letting it kind of go. And you're seeing that now with the NCAA now looking in to pay, uh, pay for play is now being kind of, um, they're seeing pay for play being covered up by NIL and all these things are happening. And you know, you just they just have to let it play out because we have no it's so new. We have no idea. So the only only comparison that you could make is to when guys were coming out of high school and going straight to the NBA. 
And if you read, like, I mean, that, that, you know, that's what came to mind when you, when you said that, Nick, like, that's the only scenario, you know, you read some of those stories, my God, like Darius Miles, his story. I mean, at 19 years old, he has a boat, like a a yacht in Miami, (laughs) you know, and he's traveling back and forth uh, from, you know, he's from East St. Louis. He would go to Miami. He would be like, just be all over the country, like just spending money, blowing money. Um, You can look at, I mean, you could just uh, Lou Williams. You know, he was one of the last guys that came out of high school and went to the NBA. Mm -hmm. He talks about all the, I mean, just all the situations that he was in at a younger age. I mean, it's, um, yeah. I mean, the money brings it brings jealousy and greed, um, as it always does, and that's going to start to affect college football. It's going to start to affect locker rooms, and you know, it's all it's going to be. It's going the coaches I think that are going to be successful are the ones that can make it about the team, right? That support, yeah, go make your money. You guys are allowed to do that. It's your name, image, and likeness. But remember the bigger thing, support your friends and your brothers who are making their deals and their money because it's important to them. But also the biggest thing is the team and what we're going to go do on the field and how you guys can be successful there. So, I mean, yeah, I, I have no idea what's who's going to come out on top in the world of NIL and coaches and who's going to do it better than the other. But I just have to think that it's going to be whoever can get their team in the right mindset all of them together well we know the ncaa is trying to police certain things with nil which is difficult it's difficult when each state is making basically the rules and you could try to find ways to correct some of the gray but it's going to be difficult too it's going to be difficult too when the state has the final say so i say that because we look at what just happened in in basketball with the student athlete down in miami isaiah wong four hundred thousand dollars this guy's making he sees what a player is making out in Kansas, and he wants more money. That guy's going to make about 800000 He's like, I want more money. Mind you, 400000 and a car he already has. He wants some more. Now, granted, he came out and said, you know, oh, that's not – was taken out of context. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, Wong Father. We know, we know, we know. Who are you playing? Come on, man. So I say that because – we know that recruiting has always been dirty. We know that. And I've said this before, too. I don't care what team you cheer for. It could be South Carolina. It could be Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. You are naive. You are naive if you don't believe your school has cheated before. Every school has cheated. Okay? So I say that. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I say that because, <laughs> you know, and I, and I, and I, in, in Marcus, we don't have to necessarily go there with the, with the, this one story that I remember, and this is a different school. That's why I bring it up. Um, I mean, I've heard different stories about some of the tactics, tactics, one in particular, and we don't have to necessarily share it if you don't want to, that a school in the SEC tried to do to recruit you uh, when you were in high school, going to a high school game in particular. And Marcus, what you doing after the game? Um, they weren't trying to bring you to cookout. So I, I, say that, I say that I say that because this is this has been the world that we live in. And now that you talk about NIL and this and that, it's going to make the game even dirtier. I mean, I can't even imagine um, 
where it's going to be. And they're going to try to police it. But like I said, you went through this, Marcus. Co- co- coaches aren't. I mean, coaches gonna coaches are going to do what they have to do when the stakes are that high. And yeah, you, know, you can say, but they have lack of personal integrity. They they're not playing by the rules. Yeah, that's that's college football, people. It's 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 reality. It's it's not, it's not fantasy. You know, people have uh, expectations. You know, I mean, you 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 want to win football games. The the coaches want to win football games, and w- once that happens, you know, sometimes decency and dignity and integrity goes out the door. Do I agree with it? No. Is it reality? It it, it is, and I mean, the things that I've seen. I mean, golly, I mean, it's like you that it everything goes in the world of recruiting. What's the crazy, everything goes? What's the craziest story that you can share? I mean, and, and I don't want to put you on the spot with some of this. That's why I, I said you can share. I'll say this. I, 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 I won't say I won't say where I won't say when I won't say how, but I've seen in a hotel room. I've seen in a hotel room. Seventy five thousand dollars in cash laying on the bed. Late, laid out spread on the bed. I've seen keys handed. I've seen keys handed. I've seen, <laughs> I mean, it, I think it, it's public knowledge of the, you know, the, the chicks from Tennessee. They came down to our high school game. I mean, that was, that was, that that's in a book. Can you I mean, explain? Because that's, that's the, that's all. And I think you that's knew. In a, that's in the book. You, you already knew where I was going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I wanted you to be able to, to say it. You don't have to go into full, full detail. <laughs> Nick's over there raising his eyebrows because I've heard this story before. I don't think you and I have talked about it. I, have, yeah. I haven't heard. I haven't heard any of this. So this Mark, is Nick. Nick, it's in the book, man. It, it, I don't even know how it got published. It's in the book, though. Mark, oh my gosh, Marcus, can you can you give Nick kind of the, the quick synopsis and for any of the listeners that don't know this story, at least the details that you want to share? Because I know nothing, yeah. nothing crazy happened, but like what this school tried to do, yeah. was just next level. And this is one of the reasons why they changed some of the rules they have in the NCAA. You could basically call it the Marcus Lattimore rule. Like no, 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 no kidding. Yeah. It's, I mean, we had, we were a highly recruited team where we were visible in high school. We had nine guys go division one, my senior year, 18 guys, 18 hour, 22 starters went to play college. So, I mean, we had a lot of guys that, that were, we had a lot of talent on our team and we were a prominent high school and, and have been for the past 20, 25 years. So um, the uh, university of Tennessee uh, sent some, sent some, uh, some people down, you know, for one of our playoffs games. And I, we, none of us knew they were coming. You know, that's the whole thing about it. We didn't know they would be there, but, there was three uh, very beautiful women who who showed up at our game, and <laughs> one of one of my best friends ended up committing to Tennessee after that night. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it worked. Um, I think, but you know what? I think two of my teammates committed to Tennessee nice. after that night. 
Good old uh, they, they came to the game. They, they came out on the field. They had on their orange. They 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 were, and I don't know. How, I mean, Tennessee fans. It, it's it's cultish now. I mean, if you if you've never been up there, I mean, they love they love Vol football. They go nuts for Vol football. Um, that's only a decade or so after they won the national championship. So they weren't too too far away from that and they were having they were, they were a pretty good team during that time period they were, yeah i mean they've always had talent i mean i think montario hardesty our running back coach he oh, was yeah. the he was the running back at that time i wonder um, if they pulled the same stun on him and that's how they got him to rock <laughs> we got to bring him on have, uh, to, figure, coach, have to figure that out coach you coming on soon i'm gonna get him on here we got to <laughs> ask him about that oh yeah uh but no i've i mean i've seen golly I mean, it, you, you name it, you you name it. I I've I, I mean, it, it's been seen or I've heard or, and it's from you know guys that it would actually happen to, you know, like I mean, so anything you want, anything you need, um, they, I mean, they'll get you there. If you if you, it's a, it's just so many things that happen behind closed doors that people don't see in the world of recruiting. And, I, and again, we're, we're, we're making it, we're, we're joking about it, but it's really not. Um, I mean, it, it's not the right thing to do since like simply because of what, because the mind is so young at that age, you know, you don't really know what's going on. You like pleasure, more pleasure. Okay. Give me more pleasure. And you know you get, and now you got this idea that this is how life is going to be, like pleasure, 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 all the pleasure that you want in many forms, in whatever form that you want. So I mean, it's it's kind of dangerous um, how, how they. It's like a drug. Sit. Yeah, it's a drug. It's a drug and um, hard to recover from. Well, speaking, well, speaking about hard to recover from. Nick, congratulations on graduating from the University of South Carolina. Now Thank you, you have to recover from the hangover, which is called life. After <laughs> um, yeah. you know, uh, I, I do want to say this, though, because I know for, for both of you guys being South Carolina alum, um, that that's special in, in a lot of ways. I mean, it goes without saying. But I, I think one neat thing that I did see this weekend, and I actually had a chance to talk to him, one of the cockies. I think that is one of the coolest traditions that yeah. hockey mascots, you know, for a majority of them, if not all of them, they keep it secretive. They keep it secretive throughout college and they'll come out and they have the cocky feet on and then they do, you know, they're dancing around graduation, hopping around. I think that's pretty neat. So I bring that up because, you know, I, I was actually talking to, to one of the cockies in particular who happened to be, um, the cocky that was cutting down the nets in uh, Minnesota, which I still think is one of the funniest things ever. And uh, I wish I had the video that I could post, like the full video of it. This poor guy, um, his name is uh, Gwen Templeton. He's the one that had the video that went viral on uh, Friday night. It was going absolutely bananas. And then he opens up the shirt as the W, uh, or I shouldn't say the W, but a women's basketball um, national championship shirt on. When he went up to cut the net when they beat Minnesota, He's going up there. This poor guy, he's in a, he's in a cocky outfit. He can't see. He's on a ladder. He's got scissors. He's dropping the scissors. He almost freaking stabbed someone in the head because he's going up there trying to cut the net down. Um, 
we're going to hopefully try to link up, get some drinks with good old Gwen. Maybe we can do a, a story on that for Gamecock Central. But I say that because as an outsider, man, I think that's just so dang cool. I think that's so cool. I didn't know if either of you guys knew any of the mascots. I'm sure it might be a little different, maybe from an athletic standpoint, right, Marcus? Maybe some of these guys would come up, hey, Marcus, I don't know if you know this. Uh, I'm Johnny. Uh, I'm the mascot. You know, maybe they want you to know. <laughs> Um, but I didn't know. I, I use that because I just think that's so cool. I mean, yeah, it might sound dumb, but um, did any of you guys know any of the, the mascots directly, or did they try to keep it a, the biggest secret in the world? Congrats, I didn't know. I, I oh, mean, thank you. That's awesome, dude. Thank you. I didn't know any of them. Like, I wasn't friends with any of them. I worked at Russell House just to make some extra money for a year, a few years, and they uh, – when they would do events on green street, they would change in the back room of Russell and I would unlock it for them. So I would meet them and know who they were, but never really knew them personally, but it was, it was really cool. There was one, the Friday night, which is the one that went viral. I was Saturday morning. There was another, cause there's multiple cockies, multiple guys who do it. So there was another one graduating in my graduation and he did you know, danced up and down the aisles, did a final 2001. And it, it was really cool. Um, and it was a really, it's a really cool thing. There were a lot of things we did in that graduation that I didn't think, you know, I'm just thinking like, oh, I got to show up. It's this two hour ceremony. It's going to be long and kind of annoying. But towards the end, when you're singing the alma mater for the last time and you're doing all those things, I mean, it's emotional. And it, it's like, you think about everything you got when you were here and you were at the university of South Carolina and all the times you've had the people you've met and you know, you can't, you can't help, but get a little emotional about, about leaving. But I know South Carolina is a part of me forever. And Pastides always says that you're a student here for four years, but you're a Gamecock for life. Mm. And so that's just, that's a hundred percent true. And, you know, I get to talk Gamecock football on this podcast with you guys all the time. So it's always a part of me. Man, it's yeah. You 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 summed it up beautifully. I mean, it it is. Uh, to 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 your question, Mike. I think that's the part. That's a part of what makes it so cool is that it is a secret alliance. I didn't know any of them. Like yeah. they would come. They would come to so many different events too across the state. You know, they would show up at Gamecock events. Not uh, not only on campus, but just you know, a Gamecock <laughs> club. Oh man, it's it's. I think they do. I think they almost. Because I ask you that, Marcus, because it, it would be real easy, right? Let's say Nick's the mascot. Nick's doing out here, cartwheeling, backflipping his way. You know, he wants to go to uh, the football house after South Carolina beats Alabama. You know, after uh, uh, who was <laughs> who who was it? Was it uh, man outside the we, we had in the first episode after the, the man took a baseball bat outside of Village oh Idiot breaking his, yeah. breaking his car. Um, if you haven't listened to that story, go back and listen to the first. Uh, I think it was um, what is it? New Era. I can't remember the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go New back Era. and listen to that episode. Um, but I say that because it's like let's say Nick wants to be able to go into the football house, right? And maybe you know it's only football players or friends of football players. Mascot would probably get in, but he swore that oath. You're, you're telling me guys like that they would they would just keep it lip, and, and, and you know that. I use that again. from an outsider perspective and an insider perspective. It makes it so much cooler that yeah. they do keep that oath. Like that they, they would they they wouldn't say a word. 
Because you know, I would, I would want, I would want to know so yeah. bad. Too. Yeah, like you, you mm-hmm. want to know when you're around them. Like, man, who are like? And I don't know. It, it's, it's a, it's a high honor. It really, it's a high honor to, to put on that, to, to be cocky for your whole career and not say a thing. I mean, that's, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed that type, like knowing that about our university and that that was that was a part of our university like mm-hmm. it's a huge part of it too it really is how i don't understand how they keep it for four years if oh you're cocky goodness. for how four you years how, how are you telling me your friends aren't just like where are you every saturday where are you whenever something's going on with gamecock sports like the, how yeah, how do you keep it i mean and, and i hope i hope they get the full college experience and i'm gonna ask when this um one uh, was the cocky, like I said, that we saw on Friday night that was going absolutely bananas and was the one throughout the women's basketball tournament that was with the team. I mean, you talk about a neat opportunity. You get to travel with the team. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how it goes about like that. We're, we're gonna, I'm going to have to do an interview with him because I'm very interested, right? Team male, yeah. right? Team male. Is this kid just eating Pop-Tarts up in his room or is like he going to come down and, be like, and enjoy the meal with the team? Like, Because if not – and basketball is just different, right? Football, there's so many people. Marcus knows this. there's so many people. I mean, you yeah, probably you wouldn't even them. notice. Well, there's just so many students. <laughs> it's, it's it's impossible. It's nearly impossible to know everybody. He probably got his own plane. They probably got their own different like transportation too. He flies, like, I mean, over. It's just... he flies over with pastilles or something on the private jet. <laughs> um, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get some information for you guys on that because I think that's interesting. Before no, we wrap this up. Here's the more interesting thing, okay? Cocky, we love you. Nick, without making your mother upset, especially as we tape this on Mother's Day, what'd you do for the last hurrah? Was it a crazy night before? Was it a crazy after graduation thing? I can tell you for me, <laughs> I uh, I ended up – I I've never shared this story. All I'll say is this. <laughs> I somehow ended up – Actually, I won't say the second part. All I know is I woke up in a towel. So I'll leave it off at that. And I'm like, crap. And I just, my buddies say, like, Yuva, what are you doing? Like, we have graduation. They're all dressed. I'm in a towel. Um, And someone, like, stole, like, half the stuff that goes around me. Not that I have, like, academic things or anything like that. And they, I wish they gave something out cool for athletics at Assumption, but they didn't. But, like, half my stuff was missing. And I'm just like, man, all I could think of is, I said, my mom's going to kick my ass. It's like one thing she just wants me to make sure, be on time for graduation. Um, I was hurting. I was hurting. In the, and fortunately for Assumption, that's a small school. But with the last name Yuva, I'm at the very end. Uh, had way too many Dunkin' Donuts iced coffees. I think I got up twice during graduation. It was outside in a tent on the baseball field. I had to go across campus to go inside to take a leak twice. Yeah. So you for you future grads, for you future grads, do not get the large iced coffee the day of graduation, especially if you have a last name towards the end of the alphabet. Yeah. I mean, just my graduation. So I was so the journalism school and mass communications was were last, and there was four rows behind me. So that means I was like in the last 50 people to go. Welcome so to it took a sol- solid two hours just to get to me, which was pretty rough. But where I was, I mean, there were people texting me and group chats and stuff like, oh, I'm throwing up in the bathroom. My friend taps me and I was like, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. I'm about to pass out. Like just because so many people wandered in 
from going crazy the night before. And we have a 9.30 a.m. graduation where we have to be there by 8. So, like, half of that crowd was still drunk. Which just makes sense. But me personally, because my parents came into town, I mean, I haven't been going like I finished school two weeks ago. So I've been, you know, doing nothing, nothing but just having fun, hanging out with my friends. So last when my parents came in last night, we went to dinner. Friday night, we went to dinner with my girlfriend and her family. And then also last night I had my grad party. And so definitely a little more fun after I graduated because I knew I had to wake up. And like you said, my mom would kill me if I didn't show up to my own graduation. When my my 90-year-old grandma's in the stands, if I didn't show up for that one, it would have been a problem. So, uh, But last night, last night was really fun. Definitely, like I said, starting to become an emotional process. I mean, guys I've lived with for four years, friends I've known for the past couple of years and um, done everything with, I mean, one of my really close friends, literally, we graduated yesterday. He got up and left this morning and it's is weird. heading to it's start work. Feeling, man. And it's, it's like, it was like, wow. Like saying bye to him last night was like, holy crap. Like this is, this is happening. Like, it, I, I don't know quick. when I'm going to see you. No, yeah, it, it happens so fast. Like I said, it sinks in quick. Maybe that's not the best phrase. I mean, it, it all depends. I mean, Marcus, your situation was different. You came back, you graduated in the spring of 2016 um, which was right before I got here, but you would have probably thought it was the Super Bowl because I'm sure there was a bunch of freaking cameras there because that's what TV stations do. So um, your situation was different, though. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and for you, you know, you were chasing a dream. You were chasing a dream playing in the NFL. And I think that's one of the neat things that South Carolina does because not every college does that. You leave if you want to be able to come back and get that degree especially, you know, if you were on scholarship, they honor that, which I think is tremendous, absolutely tremendous, because we talk about that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. You got to came, you got to come back. Did you live it up? I mean, you were a little bit older at that time, but it's not like you were too much older. I mean, what do you remember from the night before graduation and just that moment of being able to get that degree? Because I think a lot of people look at you and they're like, all right, Marcus Lattimore is here, the football player, woo. But for you, that meant something, to be able to get that degree for your family. Yes, and you you mentioned that we're able to come back and get our our degree, you know, and it's paid for. I mean, God, I'm so grateful for that, you know, just just for that in itself. Because, you know, I look at my sister who student loans, and you know, some of some just people I know, like I hear about the student loan crisis. Really, I mean, like, I mean, the 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 national debt of of, of the the amount of student loans that that circled circled through America. I mean, I'm just like I never had to experience some of that. So I'm just so I'm I'm great I'm grateful for it. You know, I mean, and that pointing to himself right now as you're saying that. I, I mean, it's just I got, I, I got loans. <laughs> right, right. I, and it's you know the the shit is stupid in my opinion, but um, yeah, um. I love when people show up with shades on at the graduation. Like, dude, come on, man. I know everybody knows why you, why you got your shades on. Uh, nah, I mean, it, it was good, Mike. It was good. It, it was a, I was, I was at a weird place in my life during that time. Um, I was, I, I received a degree in public health and, you know, I, I was excited, you know, but I just, 
you know, if I'm if I'm being honest about that time, I didn't know what I didn't know what I was doing. I just I went back to school because I thought that I was that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, public health was it's a degree that I use every day. You know, I, I'm grateful that I got I have that degree, but um, you know, before after, I I, I was I was still bitter. I was I still had some bitterness inside of me, Mike, if I'm being honest. You know, I was I'm graduating all my all my all my peers in the NFL. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 bitter. I'm I still had some bitterness inside of me. I still wanted attention. I wanted adulation. I wanted all of that stuff at that time. So I mean, it's I don't know. I look back on that time and it's I what I wasn't as present as I should have been, but now I look back on it. I God dang! I I mean, I use my degree every day, um, but yeah, not not nothing exciting, mm. nothing too much. I was just 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 in my own head at that time <laughs> in my life. Not smacking, not 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 smashing any cars, Nick. This this <laughs> past weekend, you weren't on. on no, top no, no, I. I always joke my friends have been, you know, kind of, you know, it's your last, it's your last semester, your last couple of weeks. And a lot of my friends have been, you know, on full on benders. Like it's just every single day. And I haven't as much cause I kind of did the opposite where I got to college and, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior year. I was, I described, I've been described and have described myself as a menace. And um, so that's who I was, and then I really decided where I wanted to go. Come on, come on, come on. What you mean? You mean you were a, <laughs> a menace? What I, you mean? I, said a menace. I, last time I like really one of the times I got called that was I left rooftop. This was this past semester. I left rooftop, and no one knew where I was. Everyone was trying to get me home because I'm like blacked out of my mind, and so so I'm running around. I'm horrible at people cannot keep track of me. And so I'm running around. So finally, one of my fraternity brothers calls one of our pledges and my girlfriend calls the same pledge and is like, can you find Nick in five points? He FaceTimed me and he was sitting under a T-Mobile sign. So that was that's what that's what they got. And so then he drives to five points, finds me, sees me just like running across the street in five points, like dodging cars. And like calls my girlfriend is like, your boyfriend is just a menace. And finally gets me in the car, drives me home, walks me to the house, gets me in. But yeah, so that was one of my last times where I was like uh, off the rails a little bit. <laughs> but, um, but since then, I've kind of like I've got tried to buckle down and I've done all the fun things. I've had plenty of fun at the University of South Carolina, every tailgate, everything. I've had tons of fun. And now I'm excited. I mean, I'm sad college is ending, but I'm excited because I'm ready and I'm ready to start my career and start hopefully making it in the broadcasting industry. And, you know, I'm, I love watching sports and I love talking sports and I want to get started and get paid to do that. (laughs) So I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. Nick, I, I will, I will say this, man. Keep in keep in contact with your boys. Yep. You know, because I mean, it's God, like it is life. It, 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 
you take for granted how I mean, but you 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 mentioned it earlier. You take for granted how close you were and how you always saw each other. You be- that becomes normal. Like that becomes a mm-hmm. part of your health. Like seeing them, being around them, having someone to conversate with, even if it's only for once a week. You know, I, I mm-hmm. wish I would have done that a little bit more right after I left, like right after we went our separate ways, really mm-hmm. in 2012. Right after we, we 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 lost contact, and I was wondering why I felt so feel so lonely. Yeah. You know, it's just I mean, I just I didn't have my boys right there. So if even if it's like a scheduled once bi weekly or weekly, man, just keep in contact with them because that's yeah, 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 yeah. contact with them. And so Darius Leonard is known as the maniac. Nick Kloss is known as the, <laughs> the menace. The menace. <laughs> Hey, that's the new name. Nah, that, you got to change that name when we own these things. The minute. Well, Nick, congratulations uh, on graduating and congratulations thank you. to everyone that's graduating, not just at the University of South Carolina this weekend, but throughout the country. Um, different levels. I mean, shoot, we saw Michael Skarnecchia graduate from law school this weekend. So we got some people come back to get extra degrees. That's how much they love the University of South Carolina. Well, appreciate you guys listening. We'll do it again next week. And in the coming weeks, could maybe be as early as next week. We're going to have some some guests out here, some of uh, those friends that Marcus was mentioning. We'll bring them back. I think there's some people that you guys would love to hear from, some of these guys that used to play for the Gamecocks as well. So we'll do it again next week right here on Believe in South Carolina. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.